0: Why you have that redneck twang? I don't know why that. I don't know why I got it. You got. a lot. I got it though. You got a lot. It's very distinct. So B does all of our modeling. He's the look good guy. I'm the face definitely. For... I don't have a voice for radio. I'm the face for radio. I'm the ugly, <laughs> wild-haired hippie that everybody's like. Can you talk on? Well, I'm gonna give you my uh, my expertise on cattle real quick. Oh God. And horses. <laughs> My First time I'm by myself, he said, There's a saddle in the barn, just strap it on him. I was like, All right, so I throw the saddle this on He's already
1: scared. Oh, this... there's so much wrong about this going on right now. So I throw the saddle on he's the one.
0: You wasn't real. Not that you he's got not, on... No, I didn't mean no, he's
1: not a real cowboy. <laughs> I'll tell I you mean, he said that. Being a bull rider doesn't make you a real cowboy. Yeah, but it... Actually, probably.
0: We are going to cut right there on that little intro. What is up, guys? My name is Jay Heath Graham. Welcome to the show. Excited you're joining us today as we begin the journey of living our passion throughout business, leadership, and life. Here in just a minute, you're going to get to hear my conversation with my partner, my friend, Mr. Brandon Hunt, who you just heard a few sound bites from. I'm going to tell you just a little bit more about him in just a second. But before we get there, I want to give you just a little food for thought as we begin this journey Um, of 2 or 12. I want to start off with a question. Are you happy right now? Let me rephrase that. Are you happy in life? Just in general. I mean, be honest with yourself. No one's listening to what your mind's answer is right now for you, except for you. So be honest with yourself and ask yourself, are you happy in life right now? Over the last 19, I don't know, 20 years, I've actually asked this question to a lot of people and the response I get every now and then is, you know what, things are really good, man. Things are great. I really can't imagine life that's better than what I have right now. I would say I probably get that about five, maybe on a high end day, 10% of the time. Excuse me. So what I generally get is, man, I'm so tired. I don't have enough time to get everything done. I take one step forward, two steps back. I'm working, but I I really don't feel like I have any purpose. Life is crazy, I'm busy, and the list could go on and on and on, right? So I just wanna say if that's you, man I can relate to you especially on the topic of being busy it's funny I was just thinking about this this morning before we recorded this this section of the podcast you know we have three businesses we're working hard to grow each and every one of those businesses we're very involved in our local church I am especially as a matter of fact just this last Sunday I was up around 5am to get to a speaking engagement in the big metro of Clarksville Arkansas I had to leave immediately from that engagement to get my son back to Little Rock for baseball practice when that was over over three hours later. I had to fly from there to get to a Super Bowl event back in Russellville, Arkansas with a bunch of great leaders that I do life with. Then Monday rolls around. We're we're preparing, me and B's preparing, we're recording podcasts. Tuesday is full of business meetings. I have clients I've got to meet with. I've got to prep for Wednesday night. I've got to speak to about 25 coaches this Wednesday night. Looking forward to that. Uh, Some great leaders in our community. Then I've got to meet with clients on Thursday. Then Friday, actually Thursday evening, then I've got to prep to uh, speak at a marriage retreat in Missouri. Got to leave for that on Friday morning. And that is just my last six days. So all I'm saying is I can completely relate uh, to people who are really busy, busy in life. And here's what I know. If 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 we as humans every day aren't careful, uh, the things that are going on in life can end up leading to a lot of stress, a lot of headache, a lot of drama and they can keep us from eventually reaching and living our passion every single day. So I want to share with you just really quick before we get into this with B today, uh, just a little nugget of advice that has changed my life over the last last few years, and it's this. It's really simple, but it's this: find you a mentor. Find you someone that really does have your best interest at heart. No strings attached. Somebody that doesn't really need anything from you, but at the end of the day, they have your best interest at heart. Someone that can speak truth into your life concerning areas that you need to improve or grow in. But you also need someone in your life that can call out your strengths, that can speak to your potential. And people that see your potential for what it could be You know, I would never be doing what I'm doing right now in my life if over the last 40 years I wouldn't have had people in my life calling out my potential. Sometimes even things that I couldn't see in my own life that they saw in me. Here's the key to finding mentors though. Mentors though it's up to you to find them, it's not their job to find you. If you're just sitting back waiting for a mentor to come into your life, you're probably going to be waiting for a long time because the chances are people you would probably prefer. Uh, to mentor your life most likely have a whole lot going on. And you'll be shocked at what can happen happen, especially if you're a guy, especially if you're a guy. let me throw that out there because we males just like to make everyone feel like we have our, our stuff together, right? We want people to think that we have everything going on and that we know exactly what what to do in life at, at every single moment, which we all know is not reality. but we like people to think that. But if we can just drop our pride, for a few minutes here and say, you know what? I could use some help. I could have, would it would be nice to have some people speaking some positives into my life. Uh, it's interesting how far that can take you in life. It's just food for thought, but I thought it was a great way to kick off or 12. And I promise if you don't have someone in your life um, that you can get honest feedback from, it is one of the beginning stages to having the opportunity to live your passion every single day in your life. Not only that, but to have a little bit of purpose along the way. Again, just food for thought. Um... I wanna, if you've got questions if you have if you have questions or comments we have just set up obviously this podcast is brand new but but email us at feedback there's lots of ways you can you can get in touch with us you can email us at feedback at tour or or you can hit us up on social media hit us up on Facebook at 2 or 12 or on Instagram the 2 or 12 podcast if you want to hit me up direct you can do that as well at Jay Heath Graham I am excited about what you're about to hear a little bit of the journey of how Brandon hunt and myself got to know each other, just before uh, we just before we get into this, let me de- tell you a little bit about Brandon. <laughs> I think about Brandon, This dude. He he's so cool. When when it comes to steadiness in life, keeping balance, staying really even keel in every aspect of life, knowing how to handle conflict, but also how to handle conflict with wisdom. Um, this dude has a wealth of knowledge, man. When it comes to A lot of areas in life, especially when it comes to areas of hunting, killing, chasing big mature bucks. Um, And along with all of that, he has a really unique way of just telling you straight up. What, what he needs to tell you If he needs to tell you something You may see a little bit of that, Or hear a little bit of that Here in just a minute But he is my One of my best friends man He is a great friend He's been a great friend of mine Over the last 10 years He is also my partner In our television show Strut and Buck And I know you're going to enjoy Our conversation Of Cowboys and Creatives What is up everyone Welcome to episode 2 Of Tour 12 Cowboys and Creatives And my good friend one of my best friends, behind hunt is in our makeshift studio today, right here in Arkansas. Man, we were pumped to be here today, getting to, it's kind of episode one, it's really episode two, but it's kind of like episode one. Yeah, what's up, what's up? First one was more of just an intro to what this thing's going to be about, not to mention we had to have a sample episode before iTunes would even approve you, so we threw out a little nine-minute, I about said quickie. Yeah, you
1: did. <laughs> I thought it was coming. We probably ought to cut that right out of the gate. I need to go ahead and apologize for my voice. Um, I'm suffering from, or I'm on the backslide of a big-time cold, congestion bronchitis. Not really apologizing for the rednecky twang that I have in my voice. That's always there. You got that. It's the gravelly coughing. I may sneeze or sniffle. Have yeah. to get a drink of water, that part
0: of it. So B called today this morning and said, are we doing that podcast? And I said, depends. You still got the flu? It wasn't uh, the flu, man. Well, yeah, but it's it's in the same family. And that nah. mess is nationwide viral right now. Yeah, they're shutting schools down for it. I was at practice the other day. I ain't told you this. And this little basketball boy, he's on our baseball team, come up. We were in Little Rock. And he come up and he goes, man, we drove all the way up to y'all's school and got out the bus and wasn't nobody there. I said, what day did you come? And he, he told me. I said, man, they canceled school that day. And he's like, well, they didn't tell us. We brought our whole basketball team up there to play ball. And <laughs> You're they, kidding. they didn't tell him. No, they didn't tell him. So I was like, I'm sorry, man. That, wow. Yeah. So, anyway. Poor planning. Yeah, poor planning. Com- miscommunication. There was probably a dude over that part of it. Cause Guaranteed. We're, we're so good at communicating. But anyway, we're going to have a good time today. We're, we're going to kind of lead you into – the the genesis really the beginning of how me and b kind of hooked up and met a little bit of what our life was like prior to meeting up we've been i guess in business and and doing stuff together for about the last 10 years now and so we're going to kind of get to tell some of that story today to kind of give you an idea of what tour 12 is all about because this podcast is really it kind of encapsulates the idea of being able to live your passion every single day of your life and if you can figure out a way to make a little bit of income from from that then it just makes life that much sweeter. And me and B both have fortunately been able to do that really really I mean for a long time. Most of our lives. Yeah, most of our lives whether it was in the field we're in now or you know previously what we were we were involved with which we're going to talk about some, but it's been a good ride and we're going to kind of get into that. So so B's going to give us go ahead, won't you give us a little bit of your background kind of where you come from, your family? why you have that redneck
1: twang Yeah, that's the Arkansas thing. I don't know. I think I have more of it than most people from Arkansas, though. I don't know why that I don't know why I got it. You got a lot. I got it though. You
0: got a lot.
1: It's very distinct.
0: So B does all of our modeling. He's the look good guy. I'm the face
1: Definitely for, I don't have a voice for radio. I'm the face for
0: radio. I'm the ugly <laughs> wild haired hippie that everybody's <laughs> like, "Can you talk on camera for me?" And B's like, just sit there and pose yeah, and shut up nobody
1: talk don't, don't <laughs> let him speak please don't let him talk that's awesome
0: give us a little your background
1: well so uh, Arkansas native obviously um, grew up in a farming family uh, pretty much I mean all we've done is farmed in some form or fashion uh, my grandfather was a rice and soybean farmer in eastern Arkansas and that's what I was introduced to young uh, always have loved that and then uh, my dad actually had a really big interest in cattle, and so we kind of morphed from uh, a standard row crop typing row crop type farming family to getting into the cattle industry more and more. And it and it actually ended up morphing into that's mostly what we were doing was being was in the cattle industry. So that's where I was raised, pretty much from the time I was born until I got out of high school. Was in the cattle industry, and uh, also my father was a farrier. Which, for those that don't know what a farrier is, that's, I don't know what a farrier is. That's somebody that puts shoes on horses. Yeah, so, I, I knew kind that. of a trade trade job there. So, uh, I was unwillingly forced to go do that a lot. You that's that's not about really one. of my, Standing under a horse is not. I love horses, uh, but uh, standing under one, putting shoes on one's not really one of my passions. It's a great thing to know how to do because, and that's something, kind of a little takeaway, but if a, a person can learn a trade such as that right there, you always have a source of income. Yeah. No matter what goes wrong, whatever, no matter what goes south, you can go perform this trade and get a dollar today. Yeah. And I, so I'm thankful that I did learn how to do that. Um, hunting and fishing have always been huge in my life and my family. Uh big hunting fishing family uh, so passions horses cattle hunting and fishing and i've been fortunate to make my living in all of them pretty much and since i filming. can remember yeah now filming
0: freaking cowboy running the camera who'd have thought well i'm gonna give you my uh, <clears throat> my expertise on cattle real quick and horses
1: <laughs> oh god <laughs>
0: Oh, no, no. I I do got a funny story. I had a pastor one time that got a horse. I don't know if I ever told you this. I might have. He brings this horse from somewhere, and it's like, I think he was like 12 years old, and he's like broke years ago, but he hadn't been rode in a long time. And he was like, Heath, you want to ride this horse a couple times a day for me? And I would like go to work at a church, and I would get up at like six and go get on this horse. I didn't know, I don't know how to saddle a horse, dude. Still don't really. So my first time, I'm by myself. He said, There's a saddle in the barn, just strap it on him. I was like, All right, so I throw the saddle. This on is the-
1: already scary. There's so much wrong about this going on right now. So
0: I throw the saddle on the horse and I strap both straps, front and back, as tight as I freaking can squeeze them. The back one, too. Didn't know that. <laughs> so I get on it, dude. And I mean, within two steps, that sucker threw me so high <laughs> and I landed like a foot from a barbed wire fence. I like went 10 feet in the air, the horse bucks like 300 yards across the field. That's true story. And I, at that moment, that moment in life, I looked across that field and I've got, I've got a choice to make. I'm by myself. Nobody saw it. My pride's at the bottom of a, a barbed wire fence. And I had to decide if I was going to walk over and get on that horse again. I did it. I did it. I loosened everything up a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you keep riding him for two times a day yeah, or whatever you are no, supposed to?
0: I did for, for about a month or two. Yeah. And I had a good time with it, but that's about my horse experience. I don't know nothing about horses, man. Sure ain't a cowboy. I've been trying to get B to let me wear a cowboy hat for
1: 10 years. You know? I'm not doing it. He's you like, can't no, do it.
0: You're not wearing it. I thought it looked good with all my hair coming out. No. Tonight. I did one of those Western picks one time. I'm thinking
1: Dwight Yoakum whenever I think about you in a hat with all that hair coming out from under it.
0: What does Dwight Yoakam sing?
1: Um, oh God. All kinds of Come good stuff.
0: Come on, cowboy all tell me all kinds something.
1: of good stuff. Like what? Just one song. Don't put me I'm I, not a song guy, I mean man. I don't it. I know, but I don't like I'm trying I thought to thought you was a cowboy. I am, but I'm not a music guy. I don't know. one song. That's embarrassing song. that I can't even. I don't know think one, one song, Dwight song. Dwight Yoakam <laughs>
0: sings, and I'm not embarrassed at all that I don't know one song Dwight Yoakam sings. I'm good with not knowing that. Anyway, I uh, I'll give you a little bit about my background here. I was raised around hunting and fishing my entire life. My granddads fish. My dad at one time was a pretty diehard fisherman. He was about as diehard as you could be without being a professional tournament guy for years traveled around did a lot of terms won a lot of tournaments but didn't ever take it you know to that next crazy level where they risk their whole life and don't make money unless they win the whole thing you never go that far but i've always been around hunting and fishing never really was around the whole creative side of things or even knew i had potential to be a creative until really post college Um, so my whole hunting growing up hunting and fishing was awesome until about when I went to college, because I went to college to play football and my complete, you know, college sports are everything shuts off. It's like a full time job. There's no time for anything else. So got through college and uh, got into the career world, which for me looked like uh don't really know why or how this panned out. Some people feel like they got, they call it a call of God on their life. That wasn't me. I was like. I didn't have nothing else to do. And somebody asked me if I'd come help rich kids. So, <laughs> I was like, that's about honestly how it happened. And got down to this church. It's the craziest thing, man. This was like 20 years ago. I had a, a pastor guy call me and say, hey, boy, how much money did you make last year? And I was like, dude, I don't know. I was working. While I was in college, I worked for a veterinarian here in Russellville, actually in Dardanelle. And loved what I did as far as job. I was working with animals. I was literally cleaning crap one minute and in surgery the next. I did a little bit of everything. And, but I knew that wasn't what I was sure wasn't smart enough to be a vet, but I got a call one day from a, a guy in Conway and he was like, boy, how much money did you make last year? And I was like, dude, I don't know. I was making eight or $9 an hour, you know, and me and my wife had had a conversation on the way down to talk with this pastor. She goes, what are you going to do if he offers you like $30,000 to go to work for him? And I was like, uh, probably take it. Cause I wasn't making no money. You know, I was having fun, but I wasn't making no money. And we got in there and that dude said, boy, how much money did you make last year? And I was like, dude, I don't know. And he said, I want I want to pay you to be my youth guy. I want to pay you thirty thousand dollars, dude. I about fell about fell out. We were at a Cracker Barrel, I think, or no, we were at uh, not Cracker Barrel. What's that? Uh, what's that other one over there by our church? The bit right across Dixie Dixie, Dixie Cafe. Is Cafe. it the Dixie Cafe? And uh, I was like, let me pray about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, about that fast. And but but what I what I found out was when I got down there and started work, we had like eight kids at this place, and. I had to figure out how to get kids to come to church because they sure didn't want to come. And that is literally how my whole didn't know it. I didn't even have a computer-wise in college, man.
1: Think about, I didn't either. That's a,
0: oh. I barely had
1: a cell phone.
0: See, 42. <laughs> <laughs> so I got down there and started having to figure stuff out, and I didn't know this. Looking back 20 years now, I look back at – we talk that later in the podcast. We'll talk about entrepreneurship and all that sort of thing kind of the spirit of entrepreneurship and what that looks like because a lot of guys have it but i didn't really know what that term meant yeah
1: I, i've just in totally the last didn't. 10
0: years i've started learning what that really meant and i've seen how it, what it looks like in my in my personal life and in our business life but i uh to me looking at what entrepreneurs do they're always having to solve problems so f- to me if you were to define one outside of the whole money and business side in the big scheme of things they're solving problems And I immediately in that field of work that I was in, I was having to figure out stuff all the time, just like you probably did in the the cattle world or whatever, or, or rodeoing or whatever. But it began my creative career because I didn't know what else to do except grab a camera that I saw laying in the corner of an office at this church and take it to schools and start filming kids, which I did, by the way, I probably told you this, had a, I've got a multi-million dollar idea. Somebody needs to run with it. I ran around the school. I don't know if you can do this now, but I went to lunch rooms with a video camera and I was lying. I was like screaming video yearbook. Now that's a good idea. <laughs> Dude, I had people flocking to me in the camera. They, I mean, they're throwing gang signs and stuff, but they just wanted to be on camera. <laughs> And uh, and so they were like, Heath, where can I see this? And I was like, well, I'm glad you asked, you know. How about Wednesday night at church? I'll see you there. Absolutely. And man, within a month, kids were piling in his church just so they could see their mug on the TV. But the creative process started when I went from filming these kids at school to having to figure out, okay, I was like, oh, crap. How do I get this off this high? You remember high, high eight tapes? Uh, Yeah. That's what this camera was, like an old Sony high eight camera. And I had to figure out how to get this footage off of this tape onto some TVs that weren't even mounted at the church yet. So then I I finally figured out how to get it off of there onto some software. But then I had to figure out how to get TVs hung in a building because we didn't even have TVs to put them on. It's just the whole – what I'm telling you is the whole process was I was having to figure junk out. Exactly. Like solve solve a problem, you know. I had an end goal. My end goal was get this mess on TV so kids would come. And as funny as that may sound – that's what started my entire creative world my creative process for life and 20 years later now I make a living
1: doing creative work getting video from a camera to a TV
0: is that the same same, same thing yeah, same thing's happening it's just a little different
1: well I feel totally like I did a very subpar job of my background after listening to your stories about your background now because <laughs> I like quit about halfway through there well I probably interrupted with something <laughs> stupid so well continue on Brandon <laughs> <laughs> Um, but as I was saying, and as I was trying to do a better, <laughs> I'm gonna try and do a better job of my background, starting with when I got out of high school, uh, and my family being in the cattle industry. I did go to college, got a degree. I went from, to college right here at the Green and Yellow, Arkansas Tech University. Um, Arkansas Tech. And my whole career has not been stuff that I was passionate about. My first job out of college was in chicken plant as a supervisor. Now, that was definitely you, not a passion. Yeah, but if you would have owned
0: that, you'd have been passionate about it probably.
1: <clears throat> yeah, but I know. There <laughs> no. <laughs> was nothing about that thing that I loved or not even liked a little bit. So my pretty much my whole tenure during that part of my career was what do I want to do and how the crap do I get out of here? So that's where I kind of dev- started planning what i wanted to do in which i knew that i just wanted to do something in the cattle industry because that's what basically from that point back that's where my passions were rodeo and cattle go there horses. for a minute
0: like where, where did the whole rodeo scene come into play
1: uh i started riding saddle bronc when i graduated high school so And that that came from my dad. I mean, he did it. He Rodeo, yeah, and I was around it my whole life, pretty much. He did, and then he he was a real cowboy. Then no, he was one of them. You wasn't real. Not that he's not. No, I didn't mean no. He's not a real cowboy. (laughs) I meant being a bull rider doesn't (laughs) make you a real cowboy. actually, probably it makes you further from really no (laughs) anymore. It seems like
0: thinking more manly, like because you know, like people like us, we look at the cowboy world and have no idea what we're even thinking about let alone talking about right but you just think cowboy you think you know the bull rider they're the real men
1: yeah they're no, that's not true bulls were made for breeding not riding <laughs> horses were made for riding you know if you could pick any occupation
0: or any if you could have been any animal in life it would have been a bull well
1: it's just like anything the public out there has their perception of everything and how it is and rodeo those are rodeo athletes yeah I, it,
0: there's a lots of good from
1: some it. from somebody that comes from uh the cowboy lifestyle and and it has nothing to do with rodeo i mean that's the cowboy sport yes but it is a sport and they're athletes and just because they rodeo that doesn't mean i'm calling them a cowboy How many? because being a cowboy means a whole (laughs) lot more than doing a rodeo how many
0: how many just break down just a random percentage how many rodeo people do you think are not cowboys 60%. Sixty percent. Really? So over half? I, in my definition of a cowboy, yeah. That blows my mind. Actually, Absolutely. I, I was what's that what's that called? You'll get a kick out of this in junior high. I went through my little stage of wearing cowboy boots. Ropers and I had a I had a fake Bangor. Ropers. I, had, that, <laughs> I see. Ropers but, is Bangor. But i had a fake Bangor from Walmart and I wore it to school. What's that called? Goat roper. Is that was that what I was?
1: Yeah. Uh, Could have been classified that. Is that
0: classified as a wannabe cowboy? Probably. That was me. (laughs) I was a rock star. I'm glad we didn't
1: meet back then. (laughs)
0: You'd have been wanting to fight, wouldn't you? I probably wouldn't have liked you then. Hey, I had a good time. I was still trying to figure out who I was, and I figured out real quick after that horse expedition, I wasn't anything related (laughs) to the term cowboy. (laughs) I do still like horses, though. I mean, I think they're cool, and I like doing films and photography with them, I
1: guess. So I did. I did the rodeo thing for a while, and then when I graduated, met my wife, and we got married. And I decided that probably wasn't the smartest thing to be doing. But it was good to me. It put me through college. Um, that lifestyle after, getting a little way for you. Yeah, I got a lifestyle. lot of I got a lot of broke stuff, <laughs> limbs, joints. But I did get out of the poultry industry, which is where I was going, and uh, did get to go to work in a in the corporate side of the cattle business so uh that's kind of and 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 i still work there to this day kind of kind of kind of full-time but full-time part-time well not part-time it's full-time there ain't nothing part-time but
0: but you've also got a career that allows you on the side and weekends and absolutely and off and on to pursue other passions yes that's eventually leading to who knows where yes you know i think that's where when I even think about this podcast and living your passion, everything we've even talked about to this point, with the exception of you and your horse me, me and horses and you and poultry is <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty much been stuff we was passionate about. It's interesting like when I look back at um when I kind of started my professional journey, so to speak, I didn't know what I was passionate about. I think sometimes you just gotta kind of test the water to see. I would agree with that. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that think they're passionate about something that they're they're terrible at. You know totally, I mean? yeah, absolutely. Like you see that, maybe it's in the cowboy or rodeo industry. Maybe it's in the outdoor industry. Maybe it, it comes down to people trying to be something they're not sometimes what leads to that. But for me, I, I had to figure out, do I love this? And, and is this something I could see doing with my life forever? And I didn't know, especially on the creative side, it naturally came, like when I think about we're fast forwarding 20 years now. I can remember back when I got my first like $25 check that a church sent me because I built a promo for them. That took me like three weeks to build this video. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the in, outdoor that's useful, industry. That's Sounds a like the outdoor yeah, industry. no, absolutely. <laughs> they sent me this video. They're like, man, we just wanted. They called it a love offering back then. Wow. I'm like, Jokey, you don't love nobody. You freaking raping me over the coals. That insult. But I did. I didn't do it for money. I did it because I loved right. it, and I was adding value to what they were trying to do. And I look back at just that principle alone of doing something that's adding value to other people and how over the course of 20 years, now that's led to generating a lot of income, doing something you actually love. And it didn't happen overnight.
1: Well, I think when you're young, it's hard to realize what you are. It was for me. It's hard to realize and and see what you are passionate about because – you're usually into a lot of different things and you're doing a lot of different things and you don't know what you want to do for a career. You don't know. Um, I mean, you know what you like to do, but I didn't realize how, I mean, if you, if have took me at 18 years old, I wouldn't have told you I'm passionate about the cattle industry and, and want to make a career out of that. You know, at that time I was feeding cows every day and, you know, 25 degrees or a hundred degrees and, I wasn't that passionate about it then at that particular yeah. time, but it, it grew into a passion of something that I actually really, really love. So you sure weren't passionate about cameras
0: and filming. No. And I wasn't either. had no like, idea about them. I didn't know anything about it either. Like like I said, in college, I didn't even have a, a, a computer. And that wasn't all that long. I mean, I guess it was. I was well, okay. late, I was mid, late 90s. For me. This will be a
1: good segue into how we got going. Yeah. You and I. Yeah. So, uh, because because I didn't know anything about any of that until I met you. And that was where.
0: You had me at hello. Yeah. <laughs>
1: See, now you're going to be weird. <laughs> That's
0: so gay, dude.
1: <laughs> so It's even going to be more gay when you tell everybody where we met. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's funny how that's panned out. I'm not there no more, and you still. So, keep... so
1: he, so Heath and I met in the gym. <laughs> well, we were, let's see, told you, it's just weird. Why'd you have to say that? Anyway, we met in the gym, uh, working out at the same place. For whatever reason, we were there at the same time every day. Uh, how's lot. that going for you though? We by the way? How's your How's hey, your
0: Hey, I'm so fit. I leaned over <laughs> the back of my pickup the other day to grab something <laughs> out of the back, and I ain't even got a lift kit, but I got a F250. I got some muscle. Is it a lat or something down there under my dude? I <laughs> yeah, cramped. Your armpit. I popped my. All, <laughs> I piled up on the. I piled up beside my truck. I was all cramped up, and all I did was lean over to get something out of the back of the truck. So that's sad, bro. My, uh,
1: my you know, I got. I'm getting a little more motivated to get back in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does it gonna take? It, obviously, that's not your passion. <laughs> Fitness what? is not
0: your passion. Hold on, last I had this conversation with a guy the other day. And I think I'm, this is no excuse. Like I hate excuses. But if I was gonna have one, <laughs> I uh, I was thinking back. So for me, my entire life from when you could actually start growing muscles, I guess whatever if it's puberty or whatever right. that is, not every day of my life, but the majority was completely working out because it was all everything. Well, you a football player. Everything revolved around baseball and football mm-hmm. and being being in shape and healthy. Like every day of my life, almost. And so now, because I wasn't, I, I kind of like got that out of my system. I feel like, <laughs> especially when it comes to the lower end of my body, like legs. And yeah, even
1: I, when I met Heath, you know, he didn't do, he didn't have a leg. I was day. okay to have he chicken legs. Ahead, he just went ahead. he just he would do calf raises. That was his leg day. Calf like, raises. It's because curl.
0: so I, so I was a running back and like I was a fullback, and so everything was my strength was. I needed strong legs and thighs and all that right. for what I did. So I spent a lot of time having to develop that. But I never – I was never passionate about legs. So I'm, I'm I'm totally okay with putting on some baggy sweatpants and covering all that mess up. you got to wear mess.
1: shorts past your <laughs> knees, don't you? <laughs> I did.
0: I sagged a little bit. Okay, wear those chubs around. So, so no, I didn't – I don't know if that's why. I'm, I'm not making an excuse. I need to get back in there. But I'm just not that passionate about being healthy anymore. It's a weird thing. Like, I'm going to – die someday and be like, I could have done things a little better, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to get out of habit. I took it the other way, though. Uh, I you went, totally I went opposite. I went crazy cross and stuff after after leaving the gym. Y'all have lost y'all's mind. Yeah, I think so. No, nah, you, you – <laughs> I mean, You're hurt as much as I am from doing CrossFit. Yeah, but I know why I'm hurt. <laughs> I know what I did to hurt myself. Yeah, I'm not just going, something happened, just, oh, my God, why, why is this hurting? Why is this hurting now? I know what I did. I did.
0: I learned this couple years ago what a uh, an IT band was. Had no idea. Woke up one day, couldn't hardly walk. My leg wouldn't bend. I ended up in Little Rock at some fancy doctor's place because nobody around here knew what was going on. And he said, "He said, Heath, tell me what's going on. And I said, sir, I don't know. I said, we're going to see how good you are today because I ain't got a clue. What's, I just woke up and can't walk.
1: That's bad, dude. That's bad. That's dude, bad.
0: bad. That's bad. Final, but here's back to what we were saying. That I found out that injury came because I was trying to all of a sudden get motivated to start getting in
1: shape. Yeah, but see, here's problem. I bought a bike. Yes. A nice one. Like $1,500 road bike. And that's all good and well. But i know you and your kind and you were running back in high school right yeah. oh yeah yeah i don't know one single running back that i've ever known that was very fast at stretched worth a crap oh
0: no i was horrible
1: hated it hated absolutely it. hated it wouldn't do it but fast as the wind. that's because yep. all your stuff's too tight yeah us it, people with loose stuff we can't run as fast as but y'all. you run a long ways
0: though yeah i run forever <laughs> i run about 100 yards and i'm done which that's all I needed in a football game. If I could hit my average, I was good.
1: <laughs> I got a game. I, got I a did, game.
0: man. I got a road bike. Thought I was gonna start doing triathlon, so I went from. This is another problem with my kind. We're all in once we're in. I <laughs> bought a road fifteen hundred dollar road bike, and I took off twenty miles. I act like you've been on it for five years. So, so I get in there, and the doc's like, "He had. I had not mentioned one word about biking or anything." He said he says, "Hey, this is real common in cyclists." But I was like, "Yep, yeah, that's that was me."
1: I am not a cyclist, but I've been pretending to be one for. Yeah, the last I got to get back in the gym, weeks. man. Anyway, we met in the gym, and uh, at the I, obviously, I've hunted a lot in my life, and you too. And yeah. I had just for the last several years before Heath and I met, I had really got into bow hunting big deer. You know, kind of trying to focus on you know finding big deer and hunting where big deer live and uh, i'd been fortunate to kill a few big deer around here in arkansas and you know we got to talking about hunting and this and that and he approached me one day about a tv show idea that him and a couple buddies had and i was immediately like absolutely no way Yeah,
0: you you'd probably been better off. You just (laughs) you probably kept killing more big deer. We jacked that all up.
1: Take a noisy, loud cameraman in the woods with you. I just figured it out now. I got to relearn everything I know.
0: (laughs) that is how it started, man. Yep. And and what even what's even funnier about that? The we I did approach B about TV, but I also needed some more deer heads on a wall at a show we had to go to. I'm probably this is all kidding I'm I'm no, this is serious. This is I'm probably the only guy that ever made it in television industry that once they started filming their success rate went, went up. up. <laughs> 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 I started killing bigger deer, I started <laughs> getting to hunt better places and <laughs> I've, but hey, I'll tell it like it is. I mean, that was the truth. I was I killed a lot of deer, but I didn't ever kill no big giant deer, you know. Which I was it's never been about that for me anyway. But it is a little more fun when you do kill. I've learned that since the last ten years. But I don't know, man. We we that's kind of how we met and how we got started, kind of toying around. I think the first time I ever went and filmed B was I think it was a Missouri, wasn't it?
1: Yes, early season in Missouri. We went up there to.
0: And, of course. First time, new cameraman, you ain't gonna kill nothing. We didn't kill nothing, I don't think. I
1: nothing. think we saw a deer, <laughs> like one. So, it was
0: rough those first few years. Yeah, it was. I remember the first time you and Charlie got a, a kill on care and here in Arkansas, Hall mm-hmm. Bend, Yep. Y- y'all went nuts. Oh, you'd
1: have thought we, you'd have thought
0: we won the Super Bowl. Yeah, y'all did that day. And it was, yeah, I mean, it's a giant. He's about a hundred and seven inch deer. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> you stretching him to get him there. Man, that was a cool, I mean, moment. It literally, because that was when you, for the first time, got to kind of encapsulate a moment in time. Well, all the work that you'd let into it, and even us going to Missouri, not killing nothing on camera, but it all came together, and then you realize what you got. Exactly. Once it happens, yes. It might have took three weeks to get there. But once it all comes together, that's really part of the fun of, of what we do in outdoor television is there is a lot of work that goes into it. And there's way more hunts we go on and not kill anything way more than hunts that we do. But when it all comes together, you're like, okay, maybe it was worth it.
1: Yeah, it's a hundred times. It's, a just, it's just totally different. I mean, it, it's rewarding either way, but it's just that to me, and, and it might not be to everybody, but to me, it's that much more rewarding to be able to tell that story. Yeah. You know and that's the passion that i didn't know that i had until i met you and we started doing this yeah and then once i got into it and and then it became a passion about of course i'm a gearhead totally a gearhead
0: yeah that's kind of why and if you're a
1: gearhead and you get into cameras oh my gosh it's the money you can spend oh yeah you can that's a whole nother podcast yeah i mean totally hell another you podcast make money for
0: a long time in this business yeah
1: absolutely <laughs> you'll spend yourself faster than you can make anything yeah but that side of you know learning the cameras and learning how what they do and the different so uh, differences in them and things like that that totally intrigued me too about you know this creative avenue that my my life was taking yeah i've
0: always kind of thought even said a few times the only thing better than telling a story is showing it absolutely and we get to do that if you if you're new to the podcast or or new to us if you don't know exactly what we do we we've been in outdoor television right around nine ten years now ten years ten years and uh strutting it's hard to believe really strutting has been around the way we do television the way we have to do it yes with everything else we have going on it's kind of interesting that it's made it this long I. Uh, we might can go here for a minute, kind of how we we did get started, and how different things are now versus when we started in outdoor television. Mm-hmm. It's way different, totally. Like what? So I think I was telling somebody the other day. I think when we started ten years ago, we 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 launched on the Sportsman Channel, which is its own story in it, of itself. Like our pilot show was a fishing show.
1: <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're launching as, as as a hunting show. It was kind a, of a like, week. hey,
0: but that also goes to show how bad
1: networks needed content. They needed content bad. Like
0: literally, our our show that was submitted to we had never even filmed. My buddy Dave, he was like calling people in Florida. I'm like, hey, we got to fit, we got a hunting show. We ain't done no hunting show. We had an idea of doing a hunting <laughs> show, and they're like, yeah, man, you want to do a fishing show down here with us? We're like, yeah. So we literally got to Florida and. Two people, which one of them were still friends with today, old Daniel Pike. We met and we filmed a few shows. And the first show we submitted to Sportsman Channel was a red fishing show in Destin, Florida.
1: And, and we got a turkey and deer hunting TV show. And we this got this is our pilot.
0: <laughs> and they called us back and they're like, dude, we want your show. And I'm like, they really made really? us feel good about ourselves. <laughs> really, like we were like, "Dude, we've hit it big." It's like going to be easy. <laughs> you thought we was taking Monday Night Football spot on television. That's how big we thought. But but looking back, I was even the cost of television back then. I look back and I think it was around six or seven hundred dollars a week to be on TV.
1: Back yeah, then. I mean our budget was, and like
0: literally, we just all kind of pitched in and kind of paid, paid the for bill. It. And if we didn't yep. really have the money to be doing it back then. Mm-hmm.
1: But we figured. I don't out think we brought it. in one single dollar that first year. No,
0: I don't either, and I don't know that you still do in this industry in year one. Yeah, no. But I look at how much it's changed because now it's it's what four or five grand a week.
1: Yeah, you're, your talk, you're just talking. You're talking. Yeah, you're talking a hundred thousand dollars just to easy. Just to yeah. Step I mean, you, up to bat to yeah. play the game. Yeah, I mean, which. Is a whole nother podcast in itself, and we get—I mean—the business model of outdoor television is absolutely horrendous. Yeah, for the television producer, it's stupid. It's ridiculous. No, no other, no other network or industry—they don't do it that way. Yeah. So,
0: and it's not really again. We'll get into this down the road. Yeah, that's it. a whole nother rabbit hole. <laughs> it ain't sustainable the way it's it made. is not. It, it is and changing,
1: it, <laughs> and it's changing very, very fast. Yeah. The last and companies bit. are having to adjust. Yeah very fast and most are uncomfortable with it
0: yeah because i mean it's it's that fear of the unknown for for especially for networks right Mm -hmm. now it's it's real because
1: oh it's real real
0: it's been a nice little ride for Mm -hmm. you know the last probably five or six years for them but the whole sustainable aspect of it starting to kind of come to the front yes where changes have to be made yes but anyway we kind of we kind of got into the whole television deal and have been doing that and that kind of leads into what we do now from a, a media and marketing kind of firms standpoint. And this is where we want to get into kind of all of this, hopefully adding a little bit of value and inspiring people to chase whatever it is they love. But for for me personally, when, when I look back 20 years ago to adding value to students or young people that needed help or churches or whatever it was for me at that time, the principles of what that looks like in my life are exactly the same today. So now we're just adding values to clients, adding values to customers, um, and helping companies grow their business through marketing, whether it's whether that's through the, the strut and buck side of things and the advertising side of things and being a part of our show and a partner of our show, or it's creating content for companies, whether it be through graphic design or uh, video, short films, commercials, whatever, writing scripts, or design and trade show booths whatever it is the principles are still the same we're still trying to add value to the customer to the customer to and, the client. And to people <clears throat> to people yeah to people to people and hopefully that's what this podcast can do too as well um I want to give a little bit of background though and you can you can speak to this too b from a standpoint of being sustainable in the television industry for 10 years is it's not the easiest thing to do in the outdoor industry, in any industry. No. Any line of business, staying 10 years anywhere is not – you're going to have challenges.
1: Nowadays, not. You yeah. don't hear of mm-hmm. it
0: very much. You sure don't. You sure don't in the television industry. Right. In the outdoor television industry. But in your opinion, looking back over the last 10 years, I mean, why – what What sticks out to you about what we did as SB that would allow us to be sustainable with our partners? I mean, what are some Being things – Being a that true
1: partner from? to that partner is probably what has helped us as much as anything, adding value to their business that they do every day. Um, Not just doing what's in the contract, going above and beyond. Providing extra content sometimes is what we did to add value to what we were doing for for that customer. I think that
0: goes back to even when I look at, and this is definitely another podcast, but we can touch on it. I don't feel like we ever got into television so that we could be the next Michael Waddell. Absolutely not. And and the majority of what I've seen in ten years, people think that's what's going to be their reality. Mm-hmm. Whereas, our from our standpoint, we we just wanted an avenue to share content and share our stories. Share our stories. Share our stories, and and we were there more for. No, I wouldn't say this in year one because we didn't have any true partners in year one. Yeah, we didn't. But but once we had an opportunity to say, hey, a company says, hey, I want to invest in what you're doing because I like what you're doing and I think it can bring eyeballs to what we're doing, then we immediately shifted to how do we make your brand better? How can we make you more successful? And exceeding expectations was kind of the underlying current of how we did that, I feel like.
1: And I I feel like you and I – we had a passion to want to do that which is when we formed for south face media group mm-hmm. um to kind of facilitate a lot of that
0: that's definitely how it happened how it started um i mean our our first so for me there's been almost like two levels of creative and media business there was pre-sb Mm-hmm. which made just boo of money. I mean, I was rolling. I mean, I made like $30 a year. and uh, But it did. It led to real jobs in this industry and outside of our industry as well. I mean, remember our first job we got, we were like, we're going to have to like actually set up a business. Mm-hmm. We can't take in income like yeah, this. Yeah, we can't. <laughs>
1: we're, we're to a point where the government's going to want some of this whenever yeah. we get done. Yeah, and it
0: wasn't multi-millions of dollars, but it no. was a very substantial amount of money that we were like, we we got a chance here to really at first i was like why is a company like that contacting us and, mm-hmm. and obviously you had a lot to do with that but it's led us to be able to have multiple sources of income really so yes. from an sb side of things from a south face side of things you still and every this is something else is everybody's at a different place in life like we're getting on up there to our middle
1: <laughs> i'm not middle. <familiar>, i'm <laughs> finna be middle 40s brother <laughs> You're, you're not middle 30s anymore either, my friend. <laughs> you're late is, 30s. So,
0: what I'm saying is it's different. Like you, You're you definitely invested into where you make your full income right now. So yes. You, but it, on the same token, so if you wanted to be full-time creative right now, you could.
1: Yes, absolutely. You're paycheck, it would but. be a lifestyle. It, w- <laughs> it would take some lifestyle changes that I don't know that other folks in my family are willing to take <laughs> right now. But, but yes it I mean. could be done easily but, yeah
0: but that's what i mean everybody's at different stages of life so if you're a young kid coming in and you have aspirations of being in this industry being the creative and you're going to start off making 20 or 30 grand a year mm-hmm. it's doable yeah you know? absolutely but whereas if you're already making decent incomes mm-hmm. well up there in six figures or whatever it's a little bit more of a jump for you to make that change and say i'm just going to go back and just do creative you're work you're
1: going to totally follow <laughs> all of this passion that I have for this yeah. and do this only. Yeah.
0: But I think, I know for me, and this is just from experience, I, I do full-time now. There there came a point where I had to say I'm all in. Mm-hmm. But it's been over the course of really 15 years before I made that jump. I've always had another source of income or two sources of income
1: mm-hmm.
0: that allowed me to build somewhat build a brand in a business to where eventually I could say, hey, I'm going all in with this. And I've I've heard even other podcasts where people are like, you just gotta decide you're going all in and do it. And I'm like, no, I think there's risk. This is my opinion. I think there's risk. And then I think there's there's um calculated risk.
1: Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, like we're going there's a-
0: foolishness Yeah. and
1: then there's calculated
0: risk. Yeah, like don't be an idiot. Yeah. And, and honestly, dude, I even even I see it all the time. It frustrates the mess out of me because I see people that get this mentality or they they hear from god or whatever a higher power talk to them and all of a sudden this is what i'm supposed to do and i know it right now so i'm dropping there i've seen that work out a few times for people but more mm-hmm. times than not i've seen them fall flat on their face because they it was not a calculated risk yes like i've never walked away from a job if i didn't know where i was headed mm-hmm. you know what i mean and, and you can look at that two ways you can look at that and say that's being deceitful and but I, I think the good lord gives us a brain to process to use. and put, use the son of a gun you know yes, absolutely <laughs> and so if i'm going to make a transition i look back even to whenever i was a, well, a veterinarian assistant in college i was making eight or nine bucks an hour having a blast doing it wasn't really headed anywhere in that field but i was having a good time but i did not leave that job until i went to work for an electrician and i knew i was headed there making another whole dollar an hour mm-hmm. and i learned real quick in that line of work that i need to figure out what i want to do with my life <laughs> Because I was not going to be a heat and air electric guy. Not that there's anything against that. That's an awesome trade. I just wasn't any good at it. And I didn't like remodel jobs being up in an attic when it was 140 (laughs) degrees, crawling around in gray, 30-year-old insulation in the middle of summer. I was like, I'm out on that. So when that pastor called and said, hey, man, can you help me with kids? I was like, Absolutely, bet you. I'm your man. Absolutely. (laughs) And I was, I mean, honestly, I was like, what do you got to lose, you know? And little did I know. That would completely change my life, went in everything, every aspect. When it came to wanting to help people, help young people, help now, help businesses, mm-hmm. everything we try to do is to try to add value. So it's crazy how stuff comes around. But for guys that just want to go all in, and, and I think there's times for that. For sure. totally, I think there's times for that. But you got to know in your knower that mm-hmm. you're calculating. You've,
1: you've made that jump. Yeah. Now, yeah. You You've done. You've made the all-in jump now to media. But it wasn't until. I
0: knew just in the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. It's taken that much time to really say, okay, I'm I'm allowing my full source of income to come from this location, you know.
1: But you're also getting it it's also getting your full full attention attention and talent and yeah. direction. Yeah. That is a challenge because yes.
0: especially with what we do, especially running so so we have Strutt and Bucks, we have South Face Media. We now have two or 12. We've got another business called Go Remote that is on the edge of launching. And the challenge with all that is, is being a jack of all trades and a master Mm -hmm. of none. It's kind of the old saying, you know, it's very challenging. But I feel like if the risks are calculated the right way and you know when it is to dive off into whatever that next passion or business or entrepreneur, wherever your spirit's leading you to go that it can be done right and and that wouldn't happen without you know a lot of thought process and the right team and yeah and planning and planning which i'm i'm awesome at planning yeah neither one of <laughs> us are worth <laughs> a crap at planning i'm so not the like i'm married up when it comes to that because i my wife's like total detail fanatic overboard detail i'm the visionary guy i've got a new idea every 3 minutes and that I can, is the truth and i can look at the living room and know if she how what it's going to look like when she moves the furniture now, her, on the other she hand, we got to move the dang furniture. like and Because I'm like, you don't know what this couch is going to look like on that side of the room? She's like, no, I have to see it. I'm like, I can see it right now in my head. It's going to look <laughs> about like it's going to look when I put it over there. And, of course, when we get the couch over there, we got to move it back because it ain't like she likes. So, we're just polar opposites. But it's a good thing because she obviously offsets my weaknesses and I offset hers. And yeah. It, it works really nice when it comes to business and even, obviously, in family. But – I don't know man it's been an interesting journey for sure we're uh having an a bla- having a blast 20 years later the Cowboys can't Cowboy, believe it's been that long Cowboys and creatives who would have ever thought No that kidding. Those two kind of categories of people groups could work together and and have an absolute blast doing it. It's it's kind of wild. It we're, it Go ahead.
1: It's just crazy how it all got started. I mean <clears throat> We say we, we, we talk about calculated risk and, and moving into your passion and doing this and that, but that's not how we started Strutting Bucks.
0: Oh, well, so the passion it, side you did, but not calculated. Yeah, but
1: it was not calculated no, at all. We no. signed a freaking contract and didn't have a show put together. <laughs> we didn't even know how to build a show. So lesson one today in episode two. All <laughs> that we said a while ago being said – that's not really what we did at the very, very beginning. No, but that's what we've learned from. is, And that's part of what this podcast is about is hopefully – Be a little more calculated. We than- can give you some knowledge into what we did not do the right way, what we think we may have figured out over the last 10 years in getting this done. But Here,
0: here's an idea. Don't start a hunting show with a fishing pilot. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and don't get excited when the sportsman's channel – Says, Says you're accepted and sign that contract, you send it back to them and realize, oh, no, I don't even know how to put a show together. And how we owe much? now we owe this network X thousand dollars. Yeah. To, <laughs> where are we going to get that? There's been a lot of on the fly learning in the last. When you owe somebody that much money, all of a sudden, it doesn't take long to figure out how to do stuff. That was a good time. Cold calling companies doesn't become as hard either. No, you you figure it out real quick. Now, just get ready; they're
0: gonna say no, a lot, and, uh, most of the time. That's part of it. So you got to do something to separate yourself, though. If you're gonna do it, you got to figure out what makes you different than 700 other shows that are trying to fight for the same money. And
1: no matter what that passion is, you are going to have to work harder for it than anything you've ever done.
0: Yeah, and I think totally. And I look at I look at our culture right now, and and I've been around a lot of young people in my life, a lot of college kids, the majority of which graduate with a some kind of degree they're never going to use. And they get out and don't know what they're going to do. But the principle of work ethic and fighting your tail off for what you're passionate about, it's hard to find people that are willing to do that. Like whenever, it's a
1: sacrifice. Like people it's a that, huge sacrifice. People that
0: come to me now and they're like, they're just like dude, I want to do what you do. I want to work. And you've got the life. You must have the life. Doing they're like, how do you get paid to get how to to hunt or to film or whatever? And I'm like, dude, this goes back 20 years of hard work. And you're just and- not going to find, for the most part, people that are like. If I get interns in or something, and I say we're going to do a 12 month internship and see where this thing lands in 12 months, a lot of them will freak out and won't even do it. They're like, I'm not waiting 12 months to see if. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody tells them, I'm totally okay with that because. I know at the end of the day, if I've got somebody that's willing to put in the time, and I'm not asking them to put in 20 years. I've already done that for us. you know. Right. But if if they're willing to put in, you know, 12 months of just dedication and learning what we do, and then at the end of that we'll evaluate and say, this is a win, we're going to go this, go this direction with you, you, know. then I know I've got somebody that's going to be a team player that's willing to work hard, even though it's only 12 months. I, I see, see it all the time It now.
1: seems like eternity. It seems like I see it more and more every day of – people have the idea they they love the idea of being being something. this or doing it Be, i love the idea of being a hunter i love the idea of being a fisherman i love the idea of being a cowboy i love the idea of being a tv host yeah i love the idea of being this i fall
0: into that with cowboys because i really
1: like the idea of me being a cowboy well and it goes back that <laughs> this doesn't have anything to do you but i've seen it working with my father all my life um guys that come to work for him that they come to work for him because they want to be a cowboy well their idea of what it is it's that like they goes saw on, on TV. is not anything close to the reality you know they're thinking sitting on a horse checking calves all day Sunrise, doing this up, they what? don't think about shoveling feed troughs out putting hay out sitting on a tractor most of the time very rarely sitting on a horse yeah. and they last a month and they're done yeah. being a cowboy is not so freaking intriguing anymore No, because it's not what they had in their mind and they don't want to work yeah to it do takes. I mean it's what it is yeah it takes it takes
0: a ton of work no matter what it is I mean I think it's a little different. it's
1: harder work when it's your passion and you're trying to make it work for yourself than anything you'll ever work to do yeah because if you quit you're not you're not just quitting somebody else or you're not just quitting a job you're quitting your passion yeah so i mean i was
0: i was reading actually this morning i was just studying millennials a little bit because millennials right now are the largest generation in the workforce and out of that people group uh, i was reading 70 percent of them aren't happy where they're at
1: (laughs) and it's and it's and then and then i also read 30 do you that, think that's because they're not happy? I'm not where, trying to decide if it's – I think it's because they don't know where the crap they want
0: to be. But listen <laughs> to this. It costs US, the U.S. $30.5 billion a year in turnover. Oh, my gosh. Because of millennials not, not – so 70% of them are when they come on the job within no time are looking for something else to do. And I, think, I think there's part of – I think there's definitely – because we all fell, fell into this place at some point where we're trying to figure out what it is we want to do with our life but i think a lot of people land in a place where they don't enjoy what they're doing with their life and they don't know how to get out of it or they're kind of that goes back to they're doing what they have to do not what they want to do yeah, just to get by
1: and there's times in your life you're going to have to do yeah. things you don't want to do to get by, to put yourself in a position to where you can follow that passion or that dream yeah. or whatever that may be. There's a backwards mentality, especially in the younger world. And I'm not some
0: old fart here trying to think like I got oh, it. No, we are old farts. <laughs> I mean, but I'm not trying to be the guy that's got the bull by the horn and got life figured right. out. But I, I know enough to look back. I was in – tell you about changing my oil last week. You changed your own oil? Listen to this. I was going to be sexy. You are old fart. I was going to be sexy <laughs> for my wife. I ain't changed my oil in 20 years. I'm going. I'm going somewhere with this. I ain't changed my oil in 20 years, but I thought, you know what, it's a pretty day. And I thought I'm gonna impress my wife today. I'm gonna be a man. She's gonna come home. I'm gonna be changing. Them. I'm gonna be all dirty because I'm a computer guy now. So, <laughs> check this out. I go to O'Reilly to buy me some oil. I had to Google it to see what kind of oil I needed from my Jeep. <laughs> I found it. I even watched a tutorial on my Jeep because I didn't oh I got it all figured you out. You it. But but check this out. I'm I'm in O'Reilly. I probably shouldn't call them out, but they're probably not listening to our podcast today. If you're one of the three people listening to the podcast today, we appreciate yeah, you coming on. Absolutely. But check this out. I'm I'm going somewhere. Because this, this guy, you know, Riley, spoke for probably thousands of people in our world. He's behind the counter. I'm shopping for oil. He didn't know I was listening, which I just happened to overhear him. He said, you know what? If I get paid more, maybe I'd do more around here. That was his comment out loud where customers could hear it. That's a problem. That's the problem That's right there. That's a problem right there. It's total backwards of the way we try to look at things because I know – that my next job depends on what I've done in this job, you know? And so if I want to get somewhere, waiting on somebody to give me the handout, you,
1: you, absolutely, yes. it ain't happening. You, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it does, that's not how it works. No. You do above and beyond, and then you work your way into a position that you get more. Yeah. So, I'll And let- then in that position, you work above and beyond to move on even to to move on up
0: i I wanted to ask him what what makes you think you're going this guy's college graduate college he graduated from college he made he's talking out loud in there he's like man i've got a degree and this is all you're gonna pay me or whatever or they pay me he was referring to the company and i wanted to ask him what makes you think if i'm coming in looking to hire a young guy and that's your mentality why would i hire you i wouldn't you're not i wouldn't i'm like you ain't even close to getting hired because of your mentality, it's totally backwards.
1: Mentality can differentiate very easily; it probably does differentiate successful people from unsuccessful people. Yeah, is your attitude and oh, the way yeah. you look at things.
0: Yep, yeah. and that's in any line of work. I mean, hunting industry. Creative if you order, are
1: working for somebody, you they are they are paying you for your time and your ability, and if you're not giving all of your time and your ability, then they're paying you too much
0: <laughs> i mean
1: while you're there yeah
0: yeah it blew my mind just hearing because i th- I felt like that guy he spoke for a lot of people in our world that have that mentality and then wonder why they see don't see him every anywhere. day yeah i wonder why they don't get anywhere in life and i don't know I, I just got a different outlook on it i guess and i'm not saying my outlook is right but i think the the way we're talking about looking at scenarios and business and growing in whether it's leadership or whatever you want your career to be, uh, you gotta look at it like that. You've gotta say, How can I blow away and impress whoever's over me? Yes. So that they would want to send me to the next level.
1: At every step of that. Yeah. If if you're looking to get to the next level, yeah. that's I, what you have. I was to talking do. with
0: Aaron the other day. You'll you'll meet Aaron on the podcast later, one of our one of our best friends in the industry and very successful in business. But we were talking about the ownership mentality and how most people in any business when you especially when you work for for someone don't have an ownership mentality and we were talking about how if you have that mentality even though you don't own the company but you treat it like it's your baby how it changes the way you operate in and out of work in and, and your daily life totally it, totally but most people don't most people want a paycheck and they I, do just what they need to do yep, i know that, m- multiple grown men right now that are our age or not, or older that are whining about not making enough money and wondering why they're not getting paid enough and they don't do anything mm-hmm. and don't do anything to earn more money. And it's, they don't have the ownership mentality because if, if you didn't have a boss and this was your baby, what would you do? You would be out of a job already. Yeah. If you absolutely. don't have an ownership mentality. Yes. You know? And so if you can take that, just that ownership mentality into whatever line of work, whether you're for somebody or if it is for yourself, then you're just going to be more successful because you've got the want to now. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Well, that's a little bit of our background. I mean, that's a good a good starter. But I'm sure we'll get into more details later on. in, in other podcasts, you'll learn more so you're and more about So you saying our
0: backgrounds us. all over the map. Pretty much, <laughs> totally all over the map. We've been from the cowboy rodeo circuit to the church house to the creative world to the hunt we've been red fishing we've been a little bit all over today haven't we
1: yeah do uh you got any closing comment or statement
0: I do got a closing comment I want to be a cowboy
1: oh gosh he's not gonna quit <laughs> you want to be one or you want to look like I'm that, one
0: I'm that guy that I'm so I'm the guy that wants to see the horse riding off in the sunset <laughs> the beautiful you epic. want to be your view of a cowboy <laughs> exactly <laughs> Sounds like a lot of Your hunters. perception of a
1: cowboy.
0: Uh, no, it's the perception of how I want people to look at me in the cowboy world. I want them to think that guy. Oh, I got you. Kind of like the hunting world, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Michael's had a few takes on people like that, hadn't he? Uh, yes. I heard a few of them. We'll probably get him on here one of these days. That would be cool. Let him rant and rave a little bit. He could go on and on. Oh, he will. He'll go on and on. Uh, no, I don't, man. I'm I, i, I uh, I'm excited about or 12 and this idea of you know living your passion through business and leadership and life and we're going because it just opens up all kinds of elements for us to not not really say we know it all for sure because we're going to have a lot of people on here that's way more successful than we are Oh, i
1: screw up all the time oh yeah
0: but if we can learn from each other and and learn from even people we're talking to on call-ins or that's something we do want to do is take questions so if you're listening to the podcast today man send us some 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 questions we've got uh, email set up brand new email set up feedback at tour12.com you didn't know about that didn't even know we had oh yeah i just set it up the other day so we do have an email where you can give us some feedback if you got questions or comments or even some topics you'd like to hear us discuss uh just kind of in our field or really any field i guess We're we're pretty. If you want to learn about cowboys and how to do that, definitely send me a personal email. (laughs) Just say feedback at two or twelve. Heath, will you answer this for me? And I'll I'll get you your answer right out after I talk to B and learn a little bit. But man, I'm excited about this podcast because I think it's going to add value to people and hopefully inspire people. That what's kind of led to this, honestly, is. You know, I talk to a lot of people. You do too, B. You talk to a lot of people, and the most—it seems like most—I ask this question all the time. I say, if you could do anything in life, and money didn't have a, didn't have a, right, a, it didn't matter. What would you do? And almost every single time, the response is something other than what they currently do. Yes. So, I'm just a believer that if if you've got the right tools in place and the right people, when you're surrounding yourself with the right people, there's a way to get anywhere you outside of physical ability like there's there's some exceptions there if I say I, yeah I mean if I, I, I fix- say I want to be a singer
1: I mean <laughs> I, really come on I, I can't even talk much less of my, Dwight But I mean, you gotta have some sense about you that's when you're, ta- when what you're I mean. picking what you're gonna like I'm not gonna be is. the
0: Patriots next quarterback if Brady ever retires I'm probably not gonna happen no there's different levels like I, I tell people this all the time because I, I you know I play I'm a, I'm a porch picker I play a little music from time to time a porch picker that's what I call myself <laughs> I played I played football for a while, too, up to a certain level. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And I played music for a while up to a certain level. I knew when I capped out and maxed out <laughs> of my potential. <laughs> and I'm smart enough to know when to shut it down. Now, I have a little fun times here around the house picking around. But it's, it's the same way. Like, outside of physical ability, there's ways to almost get anywhere you want to go. Yeah, I life.
1: mean, that being said, if your passion is – singing or playing or whatever there's other avenues to pursue in the music industry than being a singer or a player i mean there's so you can follow that passion and be in that in industry support people that can actually do it
0: yeah <laughs> you can be a yeah. manager yeah
1: it can't oh. be you might be better at that that's true i mean you're still in the music industry i think that that whole thing comes down
0: to, maybe we'll talk about that one day you got to be honest with yourself.
1: Totally, totally. And so,
0: and and the way I look at being honest with myself is, I don't just believe what I tell myself. Like you got to surround yourself with people that are honest with you that actually, oh yeah that actually care for you they will tell you straight like that'll tell you if you got a booger in your nose yeah those type of people you got to exactly. have in your life because they, you don't want to walk around with a booger in your nose thinking you can sing. <laughs> You're
1: not going to be successful. You don't want to walk around with a booger in your nose whether you
0: think you can sing or not. I'm just using that as an example. you got to have people in your life that will be honest with you because the truth is, like I was sharing this the other day. Actually, I, I was speaking in the metro of Clarksville this weekend. The metro? The metro of Clarksville, Arkansas. Had a couple hundred people there. I got to share some ideas and thoughts. But the whole idea of what we were talking about was editing. Not editing music, not editing videos or whatever. We were talking about editing in life. And I, I, I shared this thought. I'm really good at editing some things. People actually pay me to edit certain things. There's also things that I'm absolutely horrible at editing. To this day, I've never had anybody call me. That's an author that's wrote some profound book and said, hey, Heath, would you care to edit the grammar in this book? <laughs> <laughs> not happening. <laughs> but but so that's where you've got to have people in life that can help you in areas you, you're weak at, you know. Right. Surround, absolutely. For those people that can be honest with you mm-hmm. and let the crowd determine if you're good at that or not. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like like we're not beating the bushes down to market South Face Media right now. No. We get calls now, and it, that ain't happened overnight. It's happened over the course of fifteen or twenty years. But I'm just saying, let let the outside audience speak. Now, don't I don't man, I don't mean that from because you're gonna get a lot of negativity with that too. So it's kind of a balance of knowing who to listen to. Right. You know what I mean? Like because there's people that's gonna hate on you too, and I mean, your me.
1: mom's gonna tell you you're great at everything. Oh yeah, I call them homers all the yeah. time. I, I mean, I've got
0: several people that are homers in my life. But
1: everyone needs those people that will be you know honest with them. Yeah.
0: Brutally honest. Yeah. But in the same token, if if you're totally gifted at something, people's going to tell you if you Mm -hmm. really are gifted at at certain things. Yes. I see it all the time where somebody will come up and they're like, "Dude, you're really gifted in this area, you should really think about – I'm like, we got enough stuff going on right now to take on another – I (laughs) appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm just saying you've got, in the same token, when you have – because the people that aren't really – don't really care for you, they're probably not going to tell you to your face that, like, you probably need to look at pursuing something different. Right. That's probably not your gift. Yeah. So you need people like that, they will tell you. But I'm hoping that, you know, this podcast with two or 12 is basically going to be a 12-month process of talking about life, business, a lot of outdoors and and hunting hunting industry-related topics. But I'm hoping that it can inspire some people to really go after whatever it is they want to be in life. Absolutely. And I think we can get there.
1: I'm super excited about it also. Um, I hope we can drop some knowledge bombs to people that will help either inspire them or, or or help them hurdle a couple of the steps maybe that we had to take over the last 10 years did figuring just,
0: out some of this. Did you just invent that word, knowledge bomb? No, knowledge bombs. That's a compound killer right there. That's yeah. a great knowledge bomb. I like it. Yeah. That's
1: creative, B. Not that we have a lot of those. <laughs> no. We, <laughs> <laughs> well, we stumble across them every now and then. Because <laughs> like I say, we screw up all the time. Definitely. and 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 you just have to you have to be able to learn from those and recognize that same kind of scenario when it's coming up again and, and make different choices going into it and hopefully this through this podcast we can with our stories and what we do and, and like you say a lot of it's going to be hunting industry type stuff just because that's where we work that's the yeah. space we work in yeah and uh Hopefully we can, we can shorten the process for some people out there to be able to move on into doing yeah. their passion and and that being a source of income where their passion is actually a source of income for them. It may not be the total source of income in the beginning, probably won't be, yeah. but it can be some part and it can be something to work towards.
0: Definitely. I think that's a great spot to end right there, B.
1: You bet. I need to
0: get a drink of mine. Whatever this is, you got me drinking over I'm here. I'm gonna out.
1: hack so hard whenever I get off this microphone. Ignite. I've been holding a cough back for 15 minutes now. I've, my focus drink I'm
0: drinking about wore off. I'm a, I've drank a Spark today, about 7 o'clock, about. 10 o'clock i drink a what's that called ignite ignite some mountain hops ignite and i'm about to go drink a yeti from (laughs) there and i don't even work out i'll drink this yeti bees like dude that's a pre-workout drink i was like i know i'm jittering i just feel like i need to go do something (laughs) so i go top something (laughs) 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 you ought to see my fingers when i drink a yeti i'm like like 400 words a minute not really anyway man this has been a good show b good kicking off here episode two of two or 12 we can't wait to get back with you you are not going to want to miss episode three as we discuss when you come to a place in life that requires change what do you do for me it simply meant turning off the radio and we're going to get into what that looks like in episode three be sure if you're enjoying what you hear subscribe to the podcast please go out there give us a review That would be awesome, and it would help us spread the word about Tour 12 tremendously. Other than that, man, God bless. Peace out. We will see you next time right here on Tour 12.
1: Peace out.